0: Welcome to the Miles Apart Podcast. My name's Guggen. Now this is a podcast that I usually co-host with my good buddy Jess. You know, Jess and I will watch a lot of movies, watch a lot of TV shows. So we make a podcast here and there, you know, just discussing um, some of the stuff that we're watching right now. Good old Jess hasn't been watching much of anything lately, you know, having a wife and a kid will do that to you. You lose some of your liberties when you gain those responsibilities. But me, on the other hand, I still go out and watch a lot of movies and stuff. So I thought, you know, because of the COVID-19 stuff that's happening, haven't been able to go out to the movies. Um, All the theaters are shut down right now. Uh, Movie dates got pushed back. It's a bummer. James Bond was coming out. Black Widow was coming out. You know, it would have been great. But, you know, it's all things considered. Like, um, so most people are stuck indoors you know sheltering in place which if you are doing that that's awesome please everybody should be doing that never in my life have I seen so many people just out for a jog than I have over this past like week like I get it gyms are closed and you got to go exercise but like do some body weight squats and push-ups at home like a normal person You just have to get out there and run around. It's like, if you gotta take your dog out, I get it. You gotta go to the grocery store, cool. Just frolicking in the park. Just take it easy. But, you know, so since most people are stuck at home, I thought I would talk about some of the movies I've seen recently. um, Give a couple recommendations, you know. These are new-ish. I think they're mostly 2019 and a couple 2020s. I'm not too good with movie dates, but. I believe they all came out recently somewhat. So, you know, if you saw a trailer for it or a poster for it and thought about like, oh, I want to watch that. And you didn't get the time to because you were so busy. Now, if you're free, every night's pretty much movie night at this point. If you would, you know, want to check out some of these movies, I just thought I'd talk about them. So, um, if you've seen some of them, that's dope. Let me know. Let me know what you thought. I'm going to give somewhat of a review. No spoilers or anything like that. Um, I go off on tangents a lot. Jess is usually the one that keeps us kind of structured and on on target when we talk. So that's just a heads up. It's funny, we've been doing this podcast since 2015. They say the thing about podcasting, if you're going to be podcasting be consistent that's the key release an episode like once a week a couple times a week that is one thing we are not folks we make episodes very sporadically pretty much when we make an episode whenever we see something interesting that we want to talk about so the past uh few episodes that we've made we're talking about the mandalorian you know that's out on disney plus um came out a few months ago so every episode that came out we kind of discussed it so it, it's on there if you haven't seen the mandalorian yet what the hell are you doing go watch it that's a great way to spend you know like a couple days you could just marathon it. it's awesome it's much better than the newer star wars um, sequels but you know i won't get into that you know jess always tells me to get off of this too but So, you know, it's going to be hard, but let's go with it. And, yeah, he hasn't seen any of these movies, I think. So, you know, he wouldn't even really be able to talk about any of them anyway. So, um, the first movie that I saw somewhat recently, Jojo Rabbit, directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, The first movie I saw of his was What We Do in the Shadows. It's like a vampire movie. I think he's from New Zealand. Anyway, so that's the first movie I saw of his, and then he also made Thor Ragnarok, which was really good. You know, it's the best Thor movie, and then that's how they kind of changed the Thor character from Thor 1 to 2. If you go back and watch Thor 1 and 2, he is nothing like how he is in Ragnarok and then in Infinity War and Endgame and stuff. But, so, and then he made this movie, which the premise was, is... It's a kid who's got an imaginary friend, which is Hitler, and it's set in Nazi Germany. And yeah, that sounds ridiculous, but this movie is like a mix between Moonrise Kingdom and Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful, I think they made us all watch that in high school, or at least my history, I think my... 10th grade history teacher showed it to us it's a it's a movie that's set back in nazi germany and you know that's it's just it's really it's really good and it's really sad it's more like real it's like showing you kind of like what's really happening and then moonrise kingdom is made by wes anderson who has like his unique style and how he makes movies so the aesthetic of it. He kind of blended both of those things, and it's Nazi Germany put through the perspective of like a ten-year-old boy. I think he's ten in this movie, a ten-year-old boy. So his imaginary friend's Hitler because so much propaganda. So that's he sees that a lot, and he's like a little Nazi. He like he he's swept up by the propaganda, and his mom Scarlett Johansson. Ah oh, goodness! Uh, it's a great movie, man. I uh, I always kind of judge movies on when I watched it. Am I thinking about it after? You know, there's a lot of movies or TV shows you watch and then like it ends and then you're just like on to the next thing or you're on your phone. But like, if it kind of stays with me for a day or two, then I'm like just like you know kind of go back and just think about it. Like damn. You know, like I thought about this one for like a few days after. It's it's a really good movie. Like it's it shows like horrible shit that's happening, but like also a perspective of a kid. So it's 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 something else, man. I did not think I would I, I did not think I would like it as much as I did. And it was really good, some really good performances in there too man sam rockwell i I love that guy and anything that he's in he just he 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 plays his character he knows what he's doing like that yeah that he was really good the guy that was in Game of Thrones who got his dick cut off I'm for blanking on his name, but he went back. He was on the boat. He died saving Bran. Reek. That was his name. That the here I go off on a tangent. But back to that, and then Scarlett Johansson does a really good job. Like it's. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it, but. You know, it's, it's, it's different. It's got, it's like, it's, it's emotional in parts, but it's also kind of funny in parts. His little friend is hilarious. Um, yeah, so that's Jojo Rabbit. The next movie, I think this was the last, I'm not going in any order or anything like that. Um, the last movie that I saw in the theater, I think was The Invisible Man. So, Invisible Man, funny thing about this is, it, what Universal was trying to do, they were trying to release, like, their own monsters universe. They saw the MCU, how well that's working, so they're like, well, we have these old school monsters. We have uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, Invisible Man, Mummy. Let's give them a universe. Tom uh, Tom Cruise and um, Sofia Botello, they did The Mummy, you know, that came out a few years ago, which sucked. So they just scrapped that whole idea completely. Um, Fucking Russell Crowe was going to play Dr. Jekyll and Hyde. And Johnny Depp was going to play Invisible Man. I think originally. So this seems like it's a completely different movie from anything that would have been. This is a thriller. It reminds me of. You know, those close encounter thrillers, kind of like Get Out, kind of like, I think it was Don't Breathe when they're in the house with the blind guy, kind of like Split, you know, because you're entrapped um, in that storage unit place wherever he's keeping you, so it's kind of like that, but it's like open world, but like at times it feels like it's really close, so... I don't want to give anything away, but essentially but it's' a, it's, a, it's a really they, it's a really suspenseful thriller that's what this one is, but it's essentially a woman that's in a relationship with like a tech billionaire. think Elon Musk, but he's super controlling and manipulative and abusive in a relationship, so she's married to him, and they live in this crazy ass house. Which is supposedly set in the Bay Area, but I think it was filmed in Australia. So that house, I'm assuming, is from, like, Australia. So this house, it's this mansion, modern mansion, and where the master bedroom is, the backdrop is the fucking ocean. Not like the beach, but the ocean. There's, like, waves crashing against it and shit. Real crazy. Uh, that That's just describing the house. But the... The movie in general, yeah, so, again, I can't give too much away, let's just say, well, this happens early on in the movie, she escapes from him, and it's an invisible guy that's following her around, you know, obviously, like, at first, it's like, she just, you know, like, nobody, again, I can't give too much away, but nobody believes her, and then, it's just, it's, they do a good job, a lot of stuff, works in this movie which I thought it wasn't it's scary as hell at times and it's I wouldn't say it's like too jump scary because usually I don't like jump scares I I would just say they just do a really good job building up the suspense and the way they tell the story like you know it's like it's not like a guy that like drops ink or he's like mutated it's, it's more modern it somewhat feels believable and You know, that kind of worked. There's some parts of it, which I was like, eh. But overall, it was was good. And the story's pretty good. The performances are solid. So that was The Invisible Man. That came out recently. So the funny thing about The Invisible Man is since it came out, and then like a week later, they shut down the theaters. What they did is... With The Invisible Man and also The Hunt, that was another movie that, ha- that was either coming out or had just come out when the theater shut down. They released it video on demand like right away. You know, usually a movie will be in theaters for a couple weeks and then like a couple months later it'll come out into, like a you know, it'll release as like a Blu ray. Or something like that, or video on demand, you know, like digital, where you could buy it off of iTunes or something, and then you know be like streaming, but they did it right away is because the theater shut down, so they said that for you could for twenty dollars, you could rent it for forty eight hours, which you know, with the streaming already kind of cutting in to movie theaters like a lot, like you know a lot, I would say. You know, people still flock when it comes to big movies like Endgame or Star Wars, you know, and then like people will flock to that, you know, like that's why Endgame's Game's the biggest movie ever. It's made over like two point something billion dollars of past Avatar because, you you know, I can't say that movie people aren't going to movie theaters so to the big movies. They flock, but to smaller movies like Invisible Man, like Jojo Rabbit and stuff, people don't really flock to that. So. A lot of them don't do well in theaters so maybe instead of releasing that it in theaters they just now start doing this thing with what they are doing with Invisible Man and The Hunt like hey this is the movie we made it's not going to be in theaters 20 bucks you get it for 48 hours you could watch it at your home with your family so for 20 bucks you could watch a new movie Instead, like, if you're taking your... Like, if, if you go by yourself, it's like, what, 15 bucks, 20 bucks for a movie ticket, depending on where you live. Um, and then, you know, you could buy your popcorn, maybe, like, a beer or a soda. Like, you know, you go do that. But if you go... You gotta take your wife, your two kids and stuff like that. Like then a loan in tickets is like fifty bucks. You know? So but for twenty bucks you could your whole family could watch a movie in home on your you know, on T V and it's only twenty bucks. You could have your own snacks and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Maybe it could be a new thing that they start doing for these slower budget movies where they don't take I think Invisible Man's a pretty low budget movie that didn't take that much money I don't know if Blumhouse made it Blumhouse they've been making they've been making these low budget like horror movies which go crazy like I can't think of the ones that they made I don't know if they've made Annabelle like I don't watch horror movies I get scared okay moving on to the next movie Birds of Prey, let's spice it up, let's get a superhero movie in there, Birds of Prey, DC, Warner Bros., Uh, Margot Robbie plays Harley Quinn, Harleen Quinzel, Um, it's, we first saw her in Suicide Squad, which I would say sucked, Um, cool, it looked cool, the aesthetics looked cool, it won an Oscar, Suicide Squad won an Oscar for makeup, it look it looks cool, the characters look really cool, the movie's not good, everything else sucks, but her character was really good, you know, when, when it was announced that Margot Robbie was going to be playing her, some people were skeptical, I was like, I'm all on board, man, let her play whatever she wants, let her do whatever she wants, and And, you know, she really knocked it out of the park. So with this one, it's funny because Joker's not in it. And I think they do a whole, like, the first five minutes of the movie is about her, how her and Joker break up. I was late. I'm late to everything in life. I'm even late to the movies sometimes where the movies, they flat out lie to you. It's like, yeah, it starts at 6.30 and it's like 6.50 and then it's just starting. But I was like five minutes late. As soon as I came in, she said, you know, that they broke up and yada, yada, yada. So this is really a movie about her. And I did not think I would like it as much as I did, man. Like, I think the trailers sucked. The trailers made me not want to watch the movie. I just watched it because it's a comic book movie and I like Harley Quinn. I was like, I'm going to just watch it. But the movie itself is kind of like... It reminds me of John Wick in a way that there's so much non-stop action and Margot Robbie crushes it. There's a few other characters in this movie that are really good too. The Ewan McGregor playing Black Mask is maybe one of the best DC villains, man. Like that guy kills it. Like it was the performance is really good. He's creepy. But then he like turns into like trying to be really nice. And then now he's doing something that you'd never even imagine. But and it's really it's rated R. So it's got that somewhat of a Deadpool mix into it just because it is rated R. And then the choreography of the fight scenes is really good. Um, And like I said, it is it is a lot of nonstop. The story is okay but i like the characters enough i like the action enough i like the performance enough i like the sequence in which they tell the story it's not linear it's like hey from here to there it's like hey this stuff happened and then hey now we're going to tell you something from the point of view of a different character and then that stuff's going to happen and then we're going to end up over here that was really interesting and you know like a lot of movies attempt that but don't always pull it off and it just comes off confusing but I think it pulled it off pretty pretty well. It's a one-off. Um, she is going to be in suicide squad two. James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy One and two, took over suicide squad when Disney had fired him or when he got canceled because of the old tweets and he's since been reinstated and he is going to be making Guardians three but in the in, in the in between when he was let go and before he was brought back, he had committed with Warner Bros. to make Suicide Squad, so then Disney said, hey, yeah, we'll take you back, and he's like, I already committed to make this, so I gotta make this first, so that looks really interesting, but there's, you know, but Birds of Prey itself, it didn't do well in theaters, man, like, it, it kinda sucks, it, it kinda reminds me of Alita Battle Angel from a couple years ago, where it's a good movie, but it doesn't perform well, probably not gonna get a sequel, but, you know, at least you, you'll get the character in Suicide Squad. Uh, Two, so that's something there, you know, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson directed this movie, Um, you know, Jess was here, he would tell me not to start because, you know, Ryan Johnson, you know, he directed uh, The Last Jedi, which I did not like, but, you know, I'm not going to get into that now. I'm a fan of his, though, you know, Looper was really good. So he, Knives Out, it's a whodunit. It's like, it's really like an old school whodunit. Somebody's died, who did it? And then Daniel Craig is there, he's a detective. He's actually gonna be, this movie did really well. And they're making a sequel and it's Daniel Craig, he's gonna be reprising that role. He said he had so much fun with it that he's gonna be doing it again. The cast in this movie's pretty ridiculous. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, and I watched this a couple months ago. So I know Chris Evans is in there. Michael Shannon's in there. He does really good. And I forget her name, but she's going to be a really big star now. Um, the... Give me a second while I look up her name. But um, Jamie Lee Curtis is also in there. And her name, I'm not going to. Anna de arms Aramas. dude, I can't pronounce names. It's like I feel the older I'm getting like I'm forgetting how to read or something, but she so she she does she she crushes it too, and like her character has a certain disability i guess we could we could call it that where when she lies something happens but i i I don't want to give too much of it away um this it was a really interesting movie it's it's like like I said it's like an old school like whodunit it's kind of like the movie that came out a couple years ago Murder on the Orient Express where it's a mystery but it's not like a suspenseful mystery it's like a mystery let's find out who did this murder and it's pretty cool it has a lot of twists and turns in it and it's uh, it was entertaining and you know I, I would recommend that movie to watch. I think it's a fun movie to watch. Um, it was a it was a fun watch. Would I watch it again? Probably not, just because I know how it ends now. Maybe if I did rewatch it again, I might pick up on some more stuff that I didn't pick up the first time. Probably, but watching it watching it the first time around where it legit is a mystery and you get to figure it out, you know, with Daniel Craig, um, and then the performances are really good too it's a fun, it's a fun movie to watch, I would say. Um, Uncut Gems, Adam Sandler, the Safdie brothers, uh, the funny thing about this movie is the Safdie brothers had wrote this script and sent it to Adam Sandler 10 years ago and he didn't, he was like, nah, I'm not doing this and then I guess they sent it to him again or they talked to him about it again and then he actually read it and he was like, whoa, you know, and then they, they actually went ahead and did it. So what, I haven't seen any of their other movies but I I hear what their kind of quirk is they they know how to really build up anxiety and they do that a lot in this movie moments are just getting ramped up you're kind of on the edge of your seat it's kind of stressful but it's also it's a good movie and Sandler's performance it's like you know sadman hits us with these performances once in a while like Spanglish or the Morowitz stories I think that's the one that was on Netflix with him and Ben Stiller it's these serious performances that he could do he just like whips it out once in a while it's like hey and then he'll go make Jack and Jill and Grown Ups 1 2 and all these other silly movies which he says he makes for his kids but his performance in here is good he looks different he said he was wearing some like fake teeth he has this weird doe teeth he's just a sleazy sleazy motherfucker that in this movie that's what he is he's it's a sleazy middle-aged family man who's got this other life going on with it. His marriage is on the rocks. He's got a girlfriend. He's addicted to gambling. That's I'm going to give you very broad, you know again I don't want to get too spoilerish, but Kevin Durant, and uh, not Kevin Durant. Kevin Garnett's in this movie. It's pretty cool. Um I think it's set in like 2011 or something and Kevin Garnett's or 2010. Kevin Garnett's still on the Boston Celtics in this movie. And Sandler there was a lot of buzz that he would get nominated to you know, nominated for an Oscar for this, and unfortunately he didn't. But you know, he was usually he stays away from like awards and stuff, and he was actually like, you know, if I get nominated I'll actually show up and stuff like that, but you know, he didn't get it. But the weekend makes a cameo in here, I guess, you know, for the young folk. They would like that. Julia Fox. I think this was her first movie. This feels like a Margot Robbie-Wolf of Wall Street situation. Like where, you know, I haven't felt that way in a movie. Where it's just like, she was really good. And she looks amazing. But, yeah. And going back to the performances. It's a good movie. And... The way that I don't want to see, I don't want to spoil anything, but the the way it ends, let's leave it at that. The way it ends is pretty. did not see it coming. didn't see it coming. Okay. Trying to keep this moving along. Next movie, Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys 1 and 2. Michael Bay. Will Smith. Martin Lawrence. Oh, man. I think Martin Lawrence and you know they came out like 20 years ago one was good two was okay I hadn't watched them in a long time but in November we went to San Diego for a weekend and Jess's cousin just randomly we had Netflix and then he just one day, just sitting there, we're just, like, hanging out, not doing, just marathons, bad boys one and two. So, it was cool. I had revisited it, and then, like, they had announced that they were making a sequel. And I was, like, somewhat excited, but then after I saw one and two again, I was, like, all right, dude, that you know, it'd be cool. And, you know, when they do sequels this far apart, it's almost 20 years later. You know, you get you get to pick up with these characters almost twenty years later. A lot of the times, or at least the past couple of times that I could recall, where they did that with like movies that I was looking forward to. Like, oh man, I can't I can't believe they're making this again. Dumb and Dumber, you know, the recent one with Jim Carrey, and it was just sad. You know, it was just like I was hoping these characters would be doing something else. You know, so, and then I would say that, no, I'm not going to go to Star Wars again. So, you know, you run the risk of this with this movie. It's like 20 years later, you're picking up with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And in their careers, how are they? In their lives, how are they? And I would say they pulled it off, like, very well. It's legit. They're like 20 years later. Martin Lawrence is saying how he's almost ready to retire. Will Smith is like, nah, man. He's He's like a legend when it comes to, like, cops um you know in, in that area and you know he he just feels like he's invincible and the story again not giving anything away didn't see it coming <laughs> like you, i did but it was actually pretty well it's a little corny but it works but it works um will smith like, you know, they, they have a couple shots where they're going in, like, slow motion. And they they, they really pull it off really, really fun. Like, dude, the the comedy in this movie, like, I, I it was really funny. Like, you know, if you want to watch a funny movie, I guess, like a straight-up comedy. But that's also has a lot of action. And, you know, I think it's rated R. But, like, you know, it has a couple of racy moments. I wouldn't watch it with the kids or anything like that. But... Yeah, but then again, it's rated R. So why would you watch it with the kids? It's, that wouldn't make any sense unless you're just like really cool with your kids. I don't know, but um, it was good. The the action was really good too. The perform I I I, the, I I'm I don't give good reviews. These are just movies that I liked that I saw. I'm not like a reviewer where I'm like I, I would give this a seven and a half out of ten because of no. A, it's just i really enjoyed it i had i had a good time when i watched this movie and then i think i watched it again halfway through but it was cool man it was it was a good movie it was entertaining it's i, I would say out of this out of the trilogy bad boys 1 2 and 3 i would say it's my favorite i would say bad boys 1 i know i would say bad boys for life then it's bad boys 1 then bad boys 2 but hey uh next movie this is probably going to be the last movie because podcast is running a little long. But once upon a time in Hollywood. It came out a little while ago now. Quentin Tarantino, his ninth movie. He says he's stopping after 10. Will he? Nobody knows. Do I hope he stop? I hope he doesn't stop because he's such a good filmmaker. And, you know, a lot of people don't like his style of movies being really rated R or a lot of profanity, you know, super violent, what have you, but, like, I would say this is the least tarantino OE if that's a word, movie, out of all that, we're, you know, like, we're the profanity and stuff that they have in his past movies, it's not so much in here, they, yeah, they curse and stuff, but it's not like, they're not throwing the N-word around, let's just say that, like, how they were in Django, um, and it's not super violent like Kill Bill or anything like that. You know, everybody's not just gushing blood everywhere. Um, it's like just a story, man. It's a, it's a really good story. The performance like it sound like a broken record at this point, but Brad Pitt won an Oscar. He deserved it for this movie because his performance was so good. If Joaquin Phoenix didn't make Joker the same year this came out. Leon, I think Leo might have taken it, man. This was like one of his best performances too. He's playing a guy who's an actor, and then when he goes and in the movie where he's acting, he's he's acting. It's like it's like a different degree to that point, you know. Like it, his performance is really good. Margot Robbie, I think this is like the fourth time this podcast that I've mentioned her. I. I love Margot Robbie, man, she's awesome, she's super talented, and um, her performance is really good, too, the story, but it's just the the whole entirety of this, one. it's like three hours long, I think it's like two and a half, but, you know, I've watched it twice, now, the first time I saw it was in theaters, and I liked it, and then when I watched it again at home, man, I loved it, like, if you just appreciate from beginning to end, you are in nineteen sixty nine. That's the move. That's the year this movie set. It follows Leonardo DiCaprio, Rick Dalton, Brad Pitt, Cliff Booth, and Margot Robbie, Sharon Tate. It follows them. The whole the gist of the movie is it's following. Certain characters in the twilight coming to the end of their career where they're realizing they're not what they used to be and a career just taking off and how she's so full of life and she's just enjoying her newfound fame and it's just like you know she's just like oh my gosh she's just like in it like she's she hasn't even hit her yet. she's just on the she's going up. It's like, who's a really old-ish NBA player that's kind of just... I don't want to come off as mean or anything like that. But maybe like Vince Carter. Not that not that he's old, but he's been around. And now he's at a different point in his career where now he was just... You know, he used to be Vince Sanity. He was the shit. And then he was on the Nets. He was still really good. And then now these past few years, he's been getting kind of side gigs as like a bench player. And that's compared to somebody that's like Jason Tatum, who is just, he's not even hit his primate. He's just coming up. And you're seeing it. You're seeing flashes. You're like, this guy's going to be so good. And he's just coming up. And versus Vince Carter, who's at a different stage of his career. So that's what the movie's about. But, You're in nineteen sixty nine, dude. The way Tarantino shoots us, the cars that are in the the driving scenes, the music, it's like having the radio. I was never alive in nineteen sixty-nine. I'm not gonna talk out of my ass and pretend like I knew how it was to be in nineteen sixty nine. But I imagine, you know, like just the setting of the world. They're just driving around in their cars, the radio is just on, music's just playing. Really good music is playing. They just drive, you know, from place to place and just them transitioning through those different parts of their career. That's and then like the Manson families in there, you know, it's not like a Charles Manson movie. You know, he wasn't making a movie about Charles Manson. He's in the movie. No spoiler or anything, whatever you could call it. Well, he's in the Charles Manson himself is in the movie maybe two minutes. It's not about him. It's about uh, Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, who's his stunt double. And it's about Sharon Tate, who, they're neighbors. They they live next to each other. And it, it goes over the span of a few days, and there's a time jump. And then, you know, we're at the end. I hope that's not a spoiler, but it's just, like, just going through it, man. The performances are really good. It it might seem a little slow at times, but like, you just if, just look around like the world how it is. When they're driving around in L.A., I think they really renovated some of this thing. They they put up like real signs out there. They really they really went for it. And it's just a really well done movie, and it's it's Tarantino who's done this a couple times now, where he in his movies he kind of rewrites history. And um This this one's probably my favorite out of all the movies that I've listed thus far. And I think I'm kind of done talking about them. So, hey, go check them out if you haven't already. Let me know what you think afterwards. Like I said, we make this podcast every now and then. I'm hoping, you know, we're going to be making one coming up soon. I think we just got to find something to talk about. But if you haven't seen The Mandalorian... Go watch that. Check out our older episodes uh, where we break down those. And, you know, check out these movies. I enjoyed them. You might hate them. Who knows? We might have a completely different taste in movies. And you watch one of these movies and you're just like, what a piece of shit. I just wasted two hours of my life. Fuck that guy. You might think that. Or you might have a nice escape for 2 2 hours or so. Well before I was recording I sent this list to my friend and he's like, "Oh, add contagion on there. Add outbreak. Talk about those." It's like, "Why would I want to talk about those? We're living that right now." It's like you watch movies to escape. Get a. it's a nice distraction, you get away from your current situation. I don't want to watch that, man. That's on the news. <laughs> but um I think, you know, continue to do the shelter in place thing and we should be good. We should be good in the next couple months. Hopefully the theaters will be open again. Some of the, you know, James Bond's going to be coming out. Black Widow's going to be coming out. There's going to be some good movies coming out and I'm going to be excited to talk about those. So until then, stay safe out there and take care of yourself. Wash your hands. Bye-bye.